This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. It's time for the Dell Junior download. Let's start the download. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download, and with me is my co-host Mike Davis. Hey Mike, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? We got Matthew in here, Leah in here. Today we got a great show for you. I'm really excited about this one. The Dale Jr. Download. Today's guest, Clint Boyer, fresh off of his first year in the TV booth. I got a lot of questions to ask him about how he felt he did calling these races and What's changed in his mind about the perspective of the sport? Mike, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in our own lives. So uh, people talked about the boat, the boat, the boat thing blew uh, oh, have up, they, right? Have they? Oh, yeah. They've been talking about the boat? So what, the, what would they be saying about the boat? Yeah, okay. Don't play dumb. No, I'm really so, curious. Well, they, they were, when did, you had a conversation yesterday, <laughs> do you want to be honest? <laughs> um Mike, I, I just, Mike said, "I think we need to talk about the boat on the show because you know, I'm curious. As, as much as it pains me to talk I, about, I, it, I'm curious. I'm I curious. think we should continue that conversation. Did, I, it's painful, but I think we should continue. You I and really I think we should. You said after last week's show that you thought fifty-fifty people would be on my side or be on your side okay. on the deal, and I I'm wondering if you you stayed away. Well, I didn't stay away, but I no no more than I look at social media these days." I can't tell you what people were really saying. I heard, I saw yeah. a few things here and there. Pe- most people, most most of what I saw, which was half a dozen posts, said, "Just get the damn boat." I know, I saw those too. That was it. <laughs> just yeah. get the boat, y'all. Just get it. You didn't see any that said, "Mike, you're right." I, I was, didn't. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go looking for it, you can find it. I didn't have to go looking for <laughs> okay, it. Okay, sure. People just came out of the woodwork. Oh, oh I'm Mike, sure. you're 100 percent right. Dale's out of line. I was like, well, I would go See, that's, that's, you know what I said? I said, go easy on that's Dale. That's an interesting choice of words. Go easy on Dale's Dale. Dale's out of line. They said, Dale, and I said, Trying hey, to help the man I out. Said, I said, I'm out of line? I said, you go easy on Dale. He doesn't deserve that kind of response. That's what I said. My gosh. <laughs> All right. TJ. TJ, yeah. Did you ever talk to TJ? No. Should we set this up a little bit? If you well, go back to last week's episode. All right, if you go back point. two weeks, episode, Good job, yeah. two weeks ago, Dale Jr. came to me and said, hey, you want to go have these on a boat? And I said, yeah, I love this idea. Let's go have these on a boat. And then in the you know, ensuing week, I get excited about it. We're a little boat shopping online. Hey, what? Dale goes and texts me. says, hey, you want to get TJ in on our pontoon company? You were boat shopping? Uh, we were looking at. Who's uh, we? Uh, Kelly was involving me. Oh. Yeah. Y'all were looking at boats? Yeah. She sent me pictures of them. Man. So, anyways, we're getting excited. TJ's getting excited. And then last week on the podcast, if you guys might remember, Dale Jr. said, actually, I said, hey, let's talk about our boat. And Dale's like, well, and I was like, oh, he's changed his mind. I mm-hmm. saw this coming. And he got another deal. He got another deal that he didn't need partners, is what he said. Now, did I do a good job of yeah. setting the table? Okay. So, this week, is there a development? I mean, like, I just. Uh, I still don't have a boat. You don't? No. I've been offered some other deals, and I'm not in love with them. Really? Yeah. No, I'm not not in love with them. We talked about, me and you talked yesterday on the phone about what you'd be willing to spend if you was going to be a partner. Back when I was a partner, yeah. No. we Yeah. If you were going to be a partner tomorrow I, with I, TJ or anyone. With me and TJ, We had yeah. a conversation, yeah. and you told me what you were willing to spend. And that's roughly where I'm at. I don't want to spend more than that. The options that I was given, I'm not liking them. Really? Yeah, I don't like them. But you're missing your friends, aren't you? No. Yeah, come then, on, come right. on. We'll let you back in the group. Well, 
I mean, we'll let you back in. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe we won't. I, PJ's it's, be. okay. I'm of the opinion <laughs> that we all should have our own boat. Okay. And that we all should strive to get that at the most minimal investment possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I spent most of my life not really worrying about the financials and just if I needed it or wanted it, I figured I just got it and didn't ask any questions. And, and man, have I regretted some of them decisions. Many, many decisions I have regretted. Cars, stupid, just stupid decisions. Not doing that. Not doing it right here. I don't want to be a partner because I'm afraid that there'll be days when we both want to use the boat. That's going to get awkward. Mm-hmm. There will be positives to the partnership where we would want to use it together, maybe. I don't know. Expenses and stuff, of course, there's some positives to the partnership. But I think that I want to exhaust all avenues to find out how we can all get what we want. But I'm not really uh, loving my options. You're not a, lo- where you were going to basically get loaned, lent a boat, and well, you were going to give my, it back. Uh, well, uh, no, I got another option where I'd get the boat outright. Oh, would you? Yeah. But what I'd have to give up for it, I don't like it. I got you. I, I don't know. I'm mean, just not sure. So for people, you know, I, I had a boat that I sold. Gosh, man. Recently. I've I've had a few boats in my life. Yeah. Man, I've lost my tail. You had Aquaholic? Yep. Aquaholic 2. Yep. Aquaholic 2.5. <laughs> Aquaholic 2.75. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had a... That was such a great name. It was hard to turn loose of that one. Yeah, I know. Um, and then you had Loose Change. Loose Change, yep. But anyways, boats are not an awesome investment. I mean, somebody prove me wrong, tell me different, um, and I'll go that route. You know, I can make like a there's case. Cars that, there's cars that depreciate as soon as you pull them off the lot. Most of them do. Mm-hmm. Some, some automakers, you know, you've got pretty decent resale value in, in that automobile even a couple years later. Boats, I'm not so sure. Every time I bought a boat, when I went to try to sell it, I ain't got no takers, Mike. And you got to take pennies on the dollar to get get that thing off your hands. So you say boats depreciate way better, way more than cars do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Don't. Well, that, that, that's a fair point. And so I don't want to make another poor decision investing in a boat. Now, I'm going to get a Tritune, I think. Okay. My brother Kerry says that those are more stable and comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But I want a short Tritune. I don't want this big, long, giant barge. I want a small thing that just we can go out, cruise. I'm five miles an hour. I'm not going faster than that. I'm going easy. Small breeze. A couple cold beers. Sunset. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> you got it all figured out in your head. Of course. All the way up to the park. Vision. Except the start. Vision is clear. How you're going to get that boat. Vision is clear, but how do I get this boat? Well, look. A couple developments. I got a couple responses to everything you mm-hmm. said. One is I, I definitely understand how boats depreciate. I also understand how you how your approach to the world is, are you able to resell? I mean, that's just about everything. Like I look at things that there's some investments that are just enjoyment investments. Yeah. You don't get the investment. You don't spend the money thinking that you're going to be able to sell it for the same amount that you, you pay. Some of them you're just getting because you enjoy them. I mean, a boat would qualify them yep. in my opinion. You, you know, you're not going to make money on it. So enjoyment investments Two, I'd say, I mean, TJ and I are still talking about buying a boat going right. in together. Yep. So that's something that— I think with what you told me that you're willing to put in, and if he's willing to put in the same amount, you're going to have a really— I mean, that will get you a very, very, very good boat. I didn't speak for TJ. Mm-hmm. I only spoke for myself. But what I want to tell well, you I'd about that point— 50-50. About that point, 
Listen, I'm curious. Uh, well, okay, but like if my, you're going to partner with somebody, TJ or anybody, or you, it'll not be 50, 50. 50 50 Yeah, right. Okay, right. But I mean, I can go lower if he doesn't want to pay what I said I was going to pay. I mean, we we can figure it out. It just depends on what boat it is. What I would tell you though, and TJ and I talked about this this week. A lot of people that would say, "Hey, Mike, you you just need to use the boat, you idiot." You know, whatever. They'd say it. And I understand the point. You know what occurred to me? It occurred to me that usage of a boat is not actually my issue with that whole thing. If I wanted a boat, I could go get a boat. I mean, like, I'm not deprived of access to boats. Right. I can always go get a boat. I've always had the opportunity to get a boat. TJ and, I, TJ and I both agreed that the thing that was appealing to us was going in on something with friends and with you where you aren't having to pay a dime more than everybody else for the first time in your life. Everybody had equal stake in the game. You weren't having to be as generous as you typically are with everything. I mean, like, we're always bumming from you. Mm -hmm. And I know people are like, Mike, you're not being a mooch. Now, listen, everybody. The reality is, because Dale is such a generous person, we mooch on Dale every day, and we don't even know it. The fact of the matter is, a lot of people say, you're mooching off Dale just by being on this show. Mike, you, you went to Nashville last week. Well, whose plane did you fly on? Well, it wasn't Delta. So... We, we do, but we all benefit. Everybody in this company benefits in some way by being associated with you. The boat was going to be one example where that was not the case, where you paid as much as everybody else involved. And that was something that we both actually look forward to. Yeah. And, and the other thing I would address is, you're right. How do you, what happens when people need to go in or want to use the boat at the same day? Kelly and I had already started approaching that and we had come up with, I thought, a pretty fair solution. One is, I would say, you get first right of refusal. See, that doesn't well, You know why? <clears throat> because the boat has to stay somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. Where would it stay? Uh, yeah. On your property. Sure. So that ought to mean something. Mm -hmm. That means if Dale wants to use it on a day I want to use it, well, you know what? There ought to be a little bit of weight, even, even though we all paid the same. There's something to that. So yeah. I would tell you that we had all that figured out. All that being said... I always told you, if you got the right deal, I don't, I don't blame you at all for taking those deals, right? I've, yeah, I understand you know, that. And that, that was that. And TJ and I, now after uh, you know, this week talking back, I think we're still going to go get a boat. We're going to find one that we want to get and just you know, split it. And I think that typically what TJ and I will do, TJ's gone every weekend. I already go in knowing that weekends are probably going to be my boat days. And since he's only home on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, I'm gonna let him. I'm not gonna go take a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because that's really the only time he's got to use it. You know, so we all just have understanding as partners going in. Mm -hmm. That's how I would approach it. Interesting. But anyways, well, it should be fun to see how this works out. I still ain't real sure. Well, me and TJ, I, you have to be invited back in if you want to come I'm in not, with us. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just, know that. I'm kidding, everybody. Yeah, I know that. Hey, you called me this past weekend. Are we got time? Do we got time for one more little so, story? Yeah, I, I want to hear. I want to hear. All right, this. all right. You guys can tell. So this thing happened. I feel bad telling it now. Like when I called you the other day, I was pissed okay. off. That's and, fair. And I was like, "Oh, this will be." Let's tell this one on the open segment. You were like, "Yeah, I had something similar happen to me," and now I'm feeling like I'm piling piling on. It's days after the fact that I feel like I'm a little. I'm making like I should be over it by now, right? I kind of. I mean, I am, but I do want to say so. Y'all can just hear the story. Um, this never happens to me. I, everybody is so nice. You know, everywhere we go, I'm like, Amy, those people we just met, so nice. She goes, well, of course, everyone is nice to you. 
<laughs> you're not, you know, you're not a normal person and get treated like everybody else. Everybody's super nice to you, and it annoys her. And, <laughs> Good. And so it when I'm racing her. online with my friends, I'm like, yeah, man, had a great run. They're like, everybody pulls over for you. Oh, they don't man. race the shit out of you like they do us. Matt Kenseth. And I'm that. like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, everybody's really nice to you. They get out of your way. And then they race the shit out of me when I come up behind them, right? So that's life, right? That's the way my that's the way people view my view view my world, right? And uh, I just love it because everybody's so nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's if if it's if Amy's right, she's right. But I'm still enjoying the niceness. Don't hate the player, hate uh, the game. <laughs> so I am in the booth. Uh, this was Saturday. We did the cup race, right? Everything's going great. Uh, we had a great broadcast, great mood, right? Got my backpack on my shoulder. In that backpack is my identification and my NASCAR credential, okay? Well, I'm, I come out of the TV booth, and I look down the hall, and there's this big cluster of people at the elevator. So I'm thinking, I'll just take the stairs, and the stairs lead down to the grandstands, and I'm going to walk down through the grandstands toward the flag stand, and I'm across the track. There's a couple areas in the fence where the, the, they open a gate and they put these stairs out and, and people can have access to cross onto the racetrack and go into the pits or garage. Well, I get down there and, and there's a about a 25-year-old dude standing there at this little hinge gate, just a typical old small fence gate at, that's going to give me access to go through onto the racetrack. And he's standing there uh, as a guard, right, security, whatever. And so I walk up, and he said, uh, I as soon as I walk up, there's about 10 people standing there uh, that are race fans come to the race. They're standing there. They're, they, they've watched the race in the grandstands, and they just kind of come and, and stood around this access point, I don't know, to see if who might come through there or what, but they're standing there, right? And as soon as I start getting close, they're like, hey, Dale, hey, picture, uh, selfie, autograph. Yeah, all right, no problem. So I'm doing these selfies and autographs right there at this gate with this guy. And he's like uh, standing there. And he's got his hand on the gate behind him. And he's standing in front of the gate. He's holding this gate. And I'm like, hey, man, you going to let me through? And he goes, I didn't see your card. <laughs> and the people, I didn't, I'm not, I would never, I'm going to promise you, Mike, and you can back this up if you want. You don't have to. But I have never in my life uttered the words, do you know who I am? That's true. I've never said that. I'd never take that stance, ever. And I stood there, and the people around me are doing that for me, right? They're saying, it's Dale. You know, it's Dale. They're laughing at the guy like, are you serious? Uh, you don't know who this guy is? And I'm standing there, and they're doing it, right? I'm not even having to say a word. And the guy just got this getting grin on his face, holding that gate. He's like, I don't care. I need to see your card. And I said, man, the card's in my bag. I have to search for it. And I'm telling you, man, like, I'm taking pictures inside. I mean, it's a little, it, I was flustered a little bit. I was doing a few things all at once. And so I said, come on, man. My card's in my bag, and I have to go look for it. And he goes, I need to see your card. And the whole time with that <laughs> eating grin. <laughs> I'm loving this. And <laughs> so I take a few more pictures. I get my bag, and I set it on the ground, and I go digging into it. And I get the card out. I pull it up. Laundry, <laughs> lunch. I Just mean, a bunch of notes. Tuna sandwich. Notes and about 15 ink pens and, yeah, some <laughs> snacks. Some snacks. And so 
I get my card and I pull it out and I hold it in front of him. And man, he he waited a beat. He wasn't like, thank you, and open it up or, or uh, all right, here you go. He stood there mm. smiling just for like two and a half seconds. Like he, like the, like I, got, I had you. It, it, I, I mean, this I, power. I'm it's in like, control. <laughs> I'm in control of the whole thing. Ain't nothing you can do about it. And I was like, and I, he waited long enough for me to go, all right, man, come on. You going to let me in? Are you going to move? And finally, he slides out of the way, opens the gate. A couple more people said, hey, can I get another selfie or two? So I, I get on the other side of the gate, and he shuts it, and I take a few more selfies over the fence, uh, just a little waist-high fence. And I, and I said to the guy, I said, that was such a head move. <laughs> like, I was astounded. Like, not you like, said that? Not, hey, you're a I was more like questioning him, like, man, that was such a thing to do. Why? It's his job. Okay, Mike. <laughs> Me and Mike had this conversation on the phone. Totally different response. I know. Here on the podcast, <laughs> right. and, uh, I know. It's gonna go, Dale Jr. Get over yourself. I got. We go sit. <laughs> we go sit in pit passes. It. I just was like, you know, and so I walked away thinking maybe I had one of them coming. I don't no, know. I, I'm playing. I mean, look, Mike. I, I will vouch for you. You've ne- you've had situations where you should have said, "Look, don't you know who I am?" But you have never gone. You've never played that card. I've been in the car when you've got pulled over. And you still never use that card. I wanted to go back Sunday and see if it happened again, just to go back through the whole process again. <laughs> At least I'd see it coming. That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I knew. I mean, probably down there. Probably, probably guys probably probably down there working. Yeah. After the race Sunday. You didn't and bring him any donuts, did you? Oh, God. <laughs> Why didn't I? Henry Benfield had a solution God, to that. That's a good that's point. What I that's where I needed Henry. Henry could have solved that problem. Freaking I would have come back with a whole thing of donuts. That never crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm probably it's probably a good thing that never crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But time. golly, that really ticked me off, man. I was madder in hell for about an hour. Yeah, you called me. I had just had an experience where I was kind of mad at somebody too, yeah. um, and uh, so we could kind of relate. I, I, I kind of relate. I, I listen. I'll admit by saying that I don't know if this is proper golf course protocol for golf clubs, golf courses. It may be. So I may be completely in the wrong. I don't play golf enough to know. So maybe the listeners can tell me if I'm wrong. I I went to Atlanta this weekend. And I had some time on Saturday, and I wanted to play golf. I've been kind of feeling good about playing golf lately. And so I, I went, and I caught around, found a public course nearby. It was called the Golf Club at Bradshaw Farms. And I set a tee time. I called him. I said, look, I'm by myself. I'm out of town. I just want to play, you know, on my own. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a tee time available, that's fine. But he's like, nope, 121 is your tee time. So I go drive over there, and I go to the tee box at 120. And I'm greeted by, I mean, the tee box is empty, but when I get there, there's a, an official probably in about 65, 70 years old sitting in a golf cart, and he says, who are you? And I said, I'm the 120 tee time or 121 tee time. And he says, yeah, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, I, I just paid my money. You, you know, so now he calls the golf club. He calls the, the main clubhouse uh, with the radio, and he's talking on the radio, and he comes back to me, and he says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to not tee off here. You're going to go on and, and ride over to tee box number two. And you see that group down there? There's threesome down there playing. They're on the first green. You wait till they get to the second tee box, and that's who you're playing with. And I said, I don't know them. And he yeah. says, they're very nice. <laughs> and I said, you don't know them. And he says, well, they look nice. Oh, gosh. And he goes, uh, 
when you're done with your round, you can come back here and play the this hole, you know. And he goes, if you can't play this hole, then take an eagle. And I'm like, oh, what a kid move. You know what I'm saying? Again, I thought that was that, what that was. I really was going to go back to the clubhouse, get my money back, and leave. But <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do for the rest of my day. I ended up playing. I, I ended up going to the tee box. Such an awkward conversation to have when they these three people approach, and I'm like, can I play with you? <laughs> I mean, it's just so awkward. Five-year-old. And, you know, they don't love it. But they happened to be cool, and in fact, one of them went to the same college that I went to, Georgia Southern University, played baseball there, was there at the same time I was there. Yeah, crazy, huh? And I played the round. Then I go back and play the first hole when I'm done, and another official comes and gives me grief, saying, what are you, you're unaccounted for. And I'm like, no, I'm actually doing exactly what y'all told me to do. He calls the radio clubhouse, and I'm just like, I am so sick of getting a run around here. I mean, I am just, just over this thing. But I, so I so I'm literally coming off the course after I played that final hole and Dale calls me with the Pocono <laughs> Gate story and I'm like, what is in the what is in the water today with people? I don't yeah. know. We just feel like we're getting screwed with. I, I don't know. So now again, maybe if if a, an alone player like myself, if I'm there, maybe they do put put you with another group and even if you don't know them, maybe that's what people do. I I'd never really heard that and it wasn't comfortable. Listen. Here's to hoping nobody screws with you today. If you're out there listening to this podcast, and <laughs> or, if they if they do screw with you, write us at Dirty Mo Media <laughs> and tell us tell us all about it. Tell us your story. Tell us about it. <laughs> we'll tell we'll talk about it on the next podcast. There you go. We had head of the week. <laughs> I love it. Hey, let's bring Clint Boyer into the studio. Oh man! Bought the racer. It could What's be up, fitting, Cash? Could be fitting for all Good of them. Good to see you, buddy. Man, my ADD is now the crazy he's... right here. Take it in. Take a moment. I know it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I got to be close. It's changed a little bit since you were here last. Eve, just keep adding stuff. <laughs> Something tells me it just shows up too. You know? Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Does. It was all our stuff, but now people are bringing their own stuff. <laughs> like the Dick Pitt sign. Is somebody else's. We got a suit, Kale Yarbrough suit going up in that case over there that's somebody else's. Yeah, just so, hands it to you. That, we are this we're the keepers. Eerie sideboard. Isn't that like a sideboard so off that came off wing? that came off of a dirt car. That's yeah. a window. Side window. Oh, it was a window? Yeah, right side window. It looks a, like a sideboard off the Well it was of, it was a dirt car he ran. The last dirt race he ran in nineteen eighty one, it was a Falcon, fiberglass body, Concord dirt track. Little Heck feature yeah. wind sticker up there. Isn't that crazy? That door off your car. I remember that. That die cast. I mean, how much money you think you made off that die cast alone? Just that door right I there. Tell you. Gazillions. Yeah, Kelly could tell you. Gazillions. This is a cool car right here. Yep. So what's up? What's hey, happening, man? I, is this a podcast? We're doing it. We're podding. We're podding. We're TV show red, all at the same red time. Red buttons on. Yeah. 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 I see they put you in a cage over there. <laughs> Fish tank. <laughs> So, so you just got done doing your first year. That's a can I knew that. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I think I know what that is. Yeah. He just found the drink. Yeah. I know. I wonder if they'll allow that in a racetrack right now. Why would that's they? A oh, yeah. Well, subject, the, right? the, yeah they well, fixed the cooler, banned. They, they, they banned the cooler, but then they I ran heard about out. That, yeah. The, the concessions ran out of water. Yeah. Did they run out? Yeah. Yeah. They ran out. You can't give a cooler ban. Put a. Cooler ban on somebody and, and then, then run, run out. out of water. I heard that they were telling them they're all that you know they could just go back to their car if they needed to get a drink. Who does that? I heard somebody say that. I can't remember who it was. Surely not. I think so. 
I would. I'd come up with a better solution. Yeah. <laughs> like let them bring in the yeah. drink. The last ditch. It, you never send them back out the gate. <laughs> Whatever right, they right. Do, keep them in the gate. I don't right. care what you do. Come up with a solution, but it must be in the gate. Yeah. Did you watch the race? I did watch the race. It was. Didn't uh, you go to Nashville? I was in Nashville. That's how dumb what I am. What were you man. doing? <laughs> On paper, it looked terrible. You I know. know. I'm like, why is he not in the Bahamas somewhere? Right. Like, you just finished your broadcasting season. <laughs> there was, uh, on paper, it looked terrible. You know, all your friends like, what are you going to do with your first day off in your whole adult life? And I'm like, man, I was, it went to the races. But I didn't go to the races. I was in Nashville, went over to visit some friends in the Leapers Fork area around Franklin and uh, brought our Harleys over there and rode around a little bit. Had a good time, man. But we, yeah. we definitely left on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> so broadcasting. When I started broadcasting, uh, it didn't take long for a lot of the things that I thought about the sport to change, like to turn to like 180 degrees, right? So did you have that experience? I did. As a matter of fact, you know, your perspective on everything changes as soon as you see it through that lens. You know, that's a whole different – you ain't no visor anymore, you know, <laughs> nothing to flip down that, that camera lens and, and you know, the, uh, the, the entertainment aspect of it. You know, we've always been competitors and what's fair for the competition. Fair, you know. Yeah. Screw fair. When you're up there in the booth, I don't want fair. I want to see – controversy you know that's the only thing you want is is as much controversy as you can because you know that's going to be excitement and, and entertainment um you know so yeah through that that lens and that different perspective has been a, a a massive change for me did you have a hard time calling it straight like because you've been racing against these guys you got a lot of friendships out there fair going right back to fair and and not you know you know you don't you don't want to piss the guy off and, and say it's a weird you don't know where the line is though right what how hard can you go on somebody without pissing them off for me you know going to coffee with my old man and all his cronies you know any given day in Emporia Kansas helps me when I'm up there because that's the angle that I I feel like it's my new job you know I want if it's not an, a, an impactful situation on the racetrack I know they're not going to be talking about it on Monday morning in the coffee shop mm. you know so I always kind of take their role, you know, how, how those guys are going to be able to see, man, you know, Dale Rick, you know, everybody, what, what, how are they going to see whatever happened on that racetrack? And, and I feel like that's the perspective I try to take up there in the booth is, you know, being a fan, put yourself in the seats, put, you know, you got to take off that driving suit and that helmet and, and try to try to call it, you know, from that perspective a little bit. I, it's easy for me, you know, they, Mike, and you know, all my guys call it dumb it down. That's just kind of the world I live in. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, there's so much of our sport that's so technical. And, yeah. and you know, Jeff and a, a lot of our guys, I talk to Burton all the time about, you know, things and pick his brain about stuff. And, you know, our world is so technical. And there's a fan that, that loves that side of it and needs that side of it. But there's also a fan. I did, used to do this with Brett all the time. You know, on Saturdays, we go watch the Xfinity race in a bar somewhere, you know, and, and you can't hear it. You can only see it, you know. And, and I think that's an important perspective of, mm. of something of, you know, kind of what I'm talking about, of dumbing it down a little bit. You know, you got to be able to, to show somebody and, and not always tell them. You know, and I feel like they do such a great job of that. And that's that different lens that, that I learned this year. Uh, when you're trying to explain something, I you know, try, you got to show them, you know what I mean? And, and because you, you never know how somebody's listening and how somebody's taking in our sport. But the thing is, 
we've been knocking it out of the park this year. I feel like the racing's been phenomenal. That helps, you know, everything as a fan. You get in there and man, you fan out, man. I, I do. I was wondering. So <laughs> you're watching. Are you having moments where you're like, damn, this is awesome? Like, cause one of the things that I saw when I got up there was like, holy, <laughs> they race hard in the back. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't. You know, we. You're out there and you just you just see guys that you're around when you're in the car. But damn, everybody's racing hard from like first to last. They're all out of control, even well, the guys in the last. All right, you said it right there. First thing you do, you get up there and you're all out the window. You know, you're up, you're yes. out the window. <laughs> I still am. And, and your producer Barry and Artie, you're like, go, oh, damn, don't talk about that. You know, and you're like, <laughs> you look down and and Artie's not on that. You're talking about. You know, somebody battling out for 25th, it's not relevant at all, but it's pretty damn good racing. So you're like, oh, now I'm looking out there and looking on the screen, trying to figure out, trying to follow, you know, along. And that was the hardest thing for me right off the bat. Learned it a little bit, got my feet wet somewhat doing those Xfinity broadcasts. But, you know, that you get up there and you ain't paying attention. You're just following kind of double A and having fun with it and just kind of rolling through it. But, you know, when they actually pay you to do it, you got you got to you, you know got to pay attention <laughs> a little bit. What is Clint Boyer like in a production meeting? Terrible. Uh, <laughs> How so? Three million ideas thrown at a dartboard, and and about two of them hit the board, and and you know. But I'm. Did you ever sit there? I'm gonna throw the dart. Are you ever sitting there going, "How did I end up here?" Like, like the I love the production meetings. Don't get me wrong, but I sometimes will be doing things at this in this job and go, "I never thought I'd be sitting here." Right, like host, oh, yeah. I was hosting, hosting Countdown to Green this weekend. I'm like, the hell? Who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> oh, definitely. So ours are on Tuesdays, and honestly, they're the most fun meetings that I – I hate meetings. I was always terrible in competition meetings and everything else. I know you guys – that's probably a shocker to you yeah. with the attention span that I have. But, you know, when I go in a meeting, I'm, I want to know yeah, – I, I don't want all the, the bullshit. I want, you know, let's get to the to five things where we all know that we're in here for, you know. But that side of it, a production meeting, you know, with Barry, our producer that runs that on the Fox side, he kind of walks all the way through, you know, the whole weekend. And, you know, the thing that I do like about that is I hate looking in the past. I hate looking in the rearview mirror and talking about what happened last week's done. You know, he he's definitely a move forward, look out the windshield type of guy, and I dig that. Helps me stay focused on the task at hand and prepare. You know, and I that's what it's that's what it's for. Those those production meetings are are to prepare for what's coming. But for me, I liked it because it gave me an opportunity to listen to their perspective. And almost every single week, I felt like from my perspective of being in that car, yes. I could bring something to the table. You know, and it was like you, you felt, you know, you, you worthy. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's that was that's the, the been the most fun thing for, for me in, in this new position is is no different than that car. You just wanted to be, you know, if you could make a difference and, and that's what made you feel good. That's what tripped your trigger and, and helped you out and you know, your it I guess your psyche or whatever else, you know, it, it certainly helped me a lot in, in moving forward of of hey man, did you guys ever you've had this or you'd use that shot or did you use it this way? Or, you know, when I was in that car, I think this would have been a good idea. And that's what helped me, you know, through the whole thing is, is uh, I tell you what, the other thing, Jeff Gordon told me this right off the bat and anybody that knows me knows me. I'm going to, I'm pretty vocal. I'm going to just say, you know, how it is. He's like, man, be careful not to empty your bucket. And I was like, what in the hell does that yes. mean? What are you talking yeah. about? You know, 
My bucket's damn that thing's it's gallons. It ain't no five gallon bucket. Right off the bat, we're in it, you know, through the shootout and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh damn, man, that I see what he's saying now. Yeah. Daytona 500. I got to save some some of my goodies for the 500. Oh, so I'm, you're talking about from an informational standpoint or from an energy standpoint? Uh, Probably both. Energy's uh, information. He, yeah. I think oh. you know, you know, energies. I kind of go and and I'm I'm wide ass open and then all of a sudden I'll start running out of gas you know but I can catch myself and but I think that you have to play with the race hey if it is boring it's boring but you also you know that's where those Tuesday meetings and kind of what I was talking about I could come up with some ideas that I thought you know some important stuff that happens in the pit area or something like that that I was like you know maybe we ought to let's go here you know that thing's strung I watched it at Nashville you know that was you guys was rocking along, and and I it put me right back in the saddle up there. You know, you're rolling, everything's going good, and he's like, oh, sh- they're strung out. Now what are we gonna do? Yeah. You know, and it happens. Commercial Where's break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> calling for the commercial. Yeah, you know, you're throwing the paper wad at the yeah. at the window next to you in NASCAR. <laughs> Throw the damn caution. Do something. Five cars got debris. Go to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that what you just said right there is where the racer up there sees that 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 they don't. You know, yeah. and, and I'm not, that's not a knock to them, but that's honestly, that's why we're up there because we see things no different driving down the road. You know, my wife tells me all the time, like, how the hell did you see that? I'll see a, you'll see a flat tire or a wheel coming off, getting loose, you know, on somebody's car or a trailer going down the road when you're on a highway, you know, almost, we live off a of 40 highway. You have to go about 12 miles, you know, every single, if you go anywhere, you're getting on 40 highway and every single day I see stuff that I'm like, what in the hell is that idiot thinking? You know, he left the house that way. Same way on the racetrack. When a producer is in your ear while you are talking. Yeah. Tell me that's as funny as I hope it is when Clint Boyer's trying to get a thought out and then there's somebody in your ear talking. Well, first of all, I've lived my whole life with about 15 producers in my ear the whole time. <laughs> that, <laughs> so, now he's got a real, uh, real producer. Yeah, it's a real, a real live person real in person. there now. <laughs> so, so, you were, so you were already tuned up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to decipher if he's real or, or the fake ones in there. But uh, now when he's in my ear, that's the hardest part is – it happened at Daytona. Barry's a funny guy, man. He's, He's witty awesome. like I am and, and uh, you know, very, very conversational. And I got to answer him. You know, if you heard me early a couple of weeks, we get to chuckle. I'd be like, oh, you know, and yeah. oh, sh-, you know, yeah. <laughs> that was the hardest part for me right there is not go, oh, sh-. My heart, the hardest part, I think, with the producer in your ear was when you would be mid sentence and he starts talking. Even if he ain't talking to you, I'd stop talking. Listen yeah. to him. It'd be it'd be easy 100%. to do that. Yeah, definitely. And then you're like, now your inside joke going on and nobody knows about you. Know? <laughs> right. But and that that's extremely hard not to do. I actually after Daytona, I'm like, dude, you can't do that to me because I was answering to you yeah. and nobody even knows what's going on. So when you're watching, uh, you're a fan. I say that all the time too. I'm like, man, I am a fan up there. Uh, yeah. But you also come out of the driver's seat. You love racing. You love. You know. It's not like you just t- flip a switch and that 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 goes away. Mm-hmm. Do you have moments when you're watching them and going, "Oh God, that looks freaking awesome! I oh. wish I was right in the middle of it." Well, again, going back to Jeff, you know, there's that moment, and I don't know when it was for you. For me, it was Daytona 500. I looked over my shoulder. We're up there on the stage, and I see them putting their helmets on. Mm putting a winning net up and I'm like oh man what I'm not the hell that. have I done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't want to be out there you know and uh, Sonoma 
cool racetrack. Yeah, one of my one favorite racetracks. Track, yeah. and one of my best. It was hard to, God, to call really? that and, and you know the, is it like a all day eating at you kind of thing or is it just for a moment no just moments you see somebody you know didn't take it poke at somebody or, or or got off the corner better than somebody else like that was something that i was good at and you're like oh man yeah. that was it right there he, he had it he had a yeah. shot at it um you know the all-star race with with brad you know it was such a moment that it was a big moment yeah. in our sport, a moment for him, a moment for that race, a moment for a million bucks, you know, for somebody. I, I was in there like, no, oh, go for it. I wanted him, you Hit know, him. come hell or high. Well, if he wasn't clear, I felt like that was the moment we were going to find out. For a million bucks, yeah. it was worth trying to figure it. You know, it's like going in to get your ass whooped. One of us is going to walk out of here with, with the job done. One of us is going to walk out of here with our ass kicked. Yeah. You know, that was that moment that, you know, I felt like, you either went for it or you didn't, and and if it worked, that was a million dollar winner. And if it didn't, you know, he's going to go off into turn one side by side, and you're going to be a loser. So that was one of those moments for me in the booth that I was like, man, I I'd have went for it right there. I probably would have wrecked, and and everybody would hated me for a couple of weeks, but I'd have went for it. How are you replacing the rush that you would get? that satisfaction and enjoyment out of racing that you would get? I mean, I'm, broadcasting probably does a lot, but not everything. Yeah. I think you can relate to this. I think, you know, when you're contributing to the to the product and 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 I guess you're you're one or whatever, you know, you're, you you yeah. feel like you're bringing something to part the table, the part of a team. The team aspect is certainly still there yes. in in TV. You have success. Yes, you, and you win, you, you lose. 100%. Yes. You yeah. leave Sunday and and feel like you did good and and contributed to the the overall outcome. Sometimes you leave there like dang it, I yeah. wish I'd have done that a little yeah. better, you know, screwed that up. Um, so I love that aspect of it. it still trips that trigger and, and the comp, you know, the competitor in you still lives up there in the booth. You know, you want to be, you want to be good. You want to be, be, you know, make everybody happy, you know, no, no different than you did in racing. I think you can, you could probably attest to that. Just, just like you were in the car, mm -hmm. you want to make everybody happy. You came into the podcast today with cash and he's been racing. He's probably yeah. He's on his phone over there writing in some notes about what kind of air pressures he's going to run this week. <laughs> <laughs> he's on my phone. No damn telling what he's looking at. But he's uh, he's behind the wheel. Uh, man, there's been like this. It's like ha everybody. It happened to everybody at once. Yeah, it did. You Larson. Yeah. Wyatt got into it. Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush's boy. It's funny because Kelly's kids raced over there at the dirt track for years, and then there was a kind of a lull, and then now everybody's back yeah. in it, you know, and it's kind of this thing that comes and goes and ebbs and flows. But how are you enjoying that? How are, I know how he's enjoying it probably, but how are you coping? Like, this, you saw this coming, right? Uh, yeah, but honestly, we've tried all, you know, a lot of things. Baseball, which is a lot of fun. It's yeah. fun to watch those kids compete. He's really good at soccer, which I was like, mm. hey, but he's really good at it, yeah. you know? And uh, um, at the end of the day, you want them to, to, to be passionate about something just like we were in racing. But you wanted something for me. I want something to do as a family, you know, and that's that's been that that racing in, in his carts and stuff over there at Millbridge. You feel like you're doing it as a family. You look over your shoulder and here's Kyle Bush and Samantha with Rexton, you know, Kyle and Caitlin with with the Owen and and um, it, all the families out there. It reminds me of my upbringing when we were on two wheels racing motocross, but it's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're way more competitive than your kid. It's always the dads. I remember when I now I know. I remember my old man being up there <laughs> belly rubbing, you know, somebody just pissed off after the race. You know, your your kid, you cheated me. 
Um, <laughs> it's it's just the same thing, you know. It, it's just uh, um, on four wheels instead of two. I, I love watching those kids learn, and and you know, we tried it. I took him once, and and I don't think he was old enough, you know. And Laura was like, "Well, how'd it go?" I said, "I don't think he's ready." And we oh waited. wait wait you did this kind of a we went practice to, or we something? went to uh, yeah we went and practiced and drove a car and and uh, I watched him and he just wasn't you know wasn't didn't have that fire and and I think you you know how it is you see kids and you lived it you know when they take to it and they want to go out there and come hell or high water they want to win they don't want that kid to win that's that's when he when he you know they get it and you want to go and and you want to be there every weekend because of his fire and and their desire and their passion you know so he i, I could definitely went after the race you know he's pouched just like i did <laughs> you know laura's like hey you can't let him do that I said, hey you just let him be right so, there so he's I, fine it's <laughs> like no 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 bounce. man no oh, hell yeah. yeah it was a bad day we got our ass kicked <laughs> Let's go to the house with a tail between her legs and work harder next week. That's racing. So yeah. I guess there was a time, if I'm understanding you right, there was a time y'all went out and tested or something. He didn't really have that fire, so you said maybe this isn't for him, and yeah. then he, and then you kind of returned to it. It wasn't. It wasn't ever. This wasn't for him. I just knew he wasn't ready. Wasn't I mean, ready. He wasn't old enough. I mean, he was. I think he was only barely five, and and we we went out and run, and he just was running laps. You know, now he comes in and and you know, wants to know where, what did I do wrong? You know, the first thing, just like all, every kid out there, they cut the corner off, How does you he know, do? and they don't arc the corner enough. And you're out there like a damn maniac. Standing you on know, the track. Come on, go arc around the corner. Me. Arc, My dad know? did the same oh, thing. Yeah. I'm like, golly. Burton told me now. get tennis balls. He'd go out there and, and uh, throw tennis balls at him. And I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm fixing to go, what is it, pin? I'm going <laughs> to own some stock and pin here soon. I need the tennis balls everywhere. But how old is he now? He's six. Yeah, it'd be seven in October. I got gotcha. you. And yeah. so it gets competitive. Is it getting competitive amongst the dads? Is is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, so, dude, so, it's way more with the dads than it is the kids. And so I would assume, I would tell me if I'm wrong. Larson's pretty chill. You and Kyle Bush, LW, you know, never seen a fight he didn't like. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I would say between you, Kyle, and LW, is that does it get? Kyle's uh, pretty chill. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle I, Bush at the yeah. dirt track. I mean, I've I've never seen him at the dirt track, but well, I've been there and seen Brexton race. He's and a Bush Dale. I know, but they're they're they race and this Kyle has more shit on his cart. Telemetry, <laughs> pet, throttle, brakes. Oh my, the whole thing. <laughs> they're in there like an engineer already. I'm like, Kyle, grass, what are you doing, man? Laptops everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Like Formula One cars don't have all right. this stuff. <laughs> Damn it, he's lifting. Look at this data right here. I'm like, this data? This kid's six. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, that's the bushes. And, and I tell you, Brexton is extremely fast right off the bat. Um, speed, you know, galore. Cash doesn't have that, but he races well. You put the, you know, the rabbit out in front of yeah. it. Well, you put the rabbit out in front of him, he'll chase it, you know, a little bit. Or every one of those kids is different. Owen, you know, same demeanor as Kyle. Super quiet, and then gets in there and it's a damn grizzly bear, you know. And you're like, "Where did that come from?" It's it's amazing how your well, your kids are just like, yeah. At the end of the day, they are. It's crazy. I know. I watched Carson and uh, Kennedy race, and I mean, they are dive bombing and door slamming. I'm like, that's like they're completely opposite outside of the outside of the cart, right? Yeah. You'd never be like, that's not like you, you know? Yeah. Bury it down in there. But them kids, man, they'll shock you. Helmet, baby. Chin strap. When Carson was running like at Chili Bowl and stuff, it seemed like you were getting real critical of of stuff she would do and then would 
almost like a dad would. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I didn't know if mad. you were even enjoying she'd, it. She'd flip and get out and walk away. You know, and everybody's standing around her team and guys at the cart. Cart's hanging in the fence, and they're all just looking at it like, I was going to get this down. And she's <laughs> stormed off. I'm like, don't do that. You bitch, cart. Help you guys. You know, yeah. same thing to, your dad used to say to you. So you hear that, Cash? <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't go pout. Yeah. My man's, he's, yeah, he doesn't like losing. I don't know many of them that do. <laughs> yeah. Not the good ones. Uh-uh. So I went to, uh, what is it? what's that one over there by Newton Mountain Creek? Yeah, Mountain yeah. Creek. How cool is that place? Very it's cool. down in a hole and, and in the it, middle of woods. It always comes back to people. You know, those guys, are they're farmers. And that, that place was built just for their little enjoyment and fun yeah. with their family. And next thing they know, they invited some friends over. Next thing you know, I told that guy, I said, yeah, next thing you know, you're in business. you got races on Sunday. I used to go. Hundreds I, of people in your backyard. I used to drive that road to go to work at the dealership when I changed oil at the dealership and didn't even know that was there. Oh, all really? All those years, yeah. And I just went for the first time like three months ago, two months ago. And what? And then I went last week or two weeks ago and Brexton ran. And I'm like, I text Kyle, I'm like, dude. Rolling. He damn good. Yeah. Like it, he won, he run good. Wow. What was Paisley like? Did you do good? Did you love it? Did yeah. It? He was nice. You know. He was nice? He was. Well, what we, the hell does that mean? We had to work together. We, he oh. was good. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he didn't come in there uh, high maintenance, uh, you know, have his own makeup lady right. and all that you know he didn't have people fanning him keeping him cool <laughs> god dude it His was nu- was it hot over it there was blazing it was nuclear in uh, the all-star race at texas the hottest i I've- heard it was bad i couldn't believe it yeah dude we i had to change clothes like went to the backup that's one of you the ever things, had that that's one of the things that I, I saw that on your social media that's one of the things i don't envy so we don't have to wear suits and they don't put us on pit road in a suit you know what i mean i mean i don't the booth guys with NBC rarely are we down on the racetrack like y'all. Y'all are, they put y'all on the track, do yeah. the pre race, and then y'all got to go up. Y'all got a lot of oh yeah, I saw yeah DJ and then we're down there. They look like they do at chilling. three o'clock in the morning yeah. out of the bar. I say, <laughs> yeah. that boy, they ain't been to bed yet. It's exactly what they look like last yeah. night. But usually we just start in a booth. I'm glad that we don't yeah. have to do the pit road stuff because I know I, I see y'all doing that, and I'm like, see, Man. that's my favorite. I honestly, that's my favorite of the weekend, the pre-race stuff yeah. and getting everything going, being excited. You know that that puts me right back in the fan. You know, like in the grandstands, I, I, I get jacked up before the race, and I did. You know, when I was racing, that was my most exciting time. You know, when when you'd have a sponsors there and you get to see friends and stuff everybody's excited about the race it got me pumped up and i can't it, wait it till i day. can't wait till they get you to do a play-by-play for an xfinity race or do uh host the the pre-race that'll be fun to watch will they do that on fox i don't know that we're giving them the idea yeah see i don't like i like like does it i need a guy does it, i know but I, I saw you host last week and I wouldn't be good at that because all the business side of it and all that have to go to break in and out of breaks and stuff. I love. I don't know how to do that. Never nah, done it. Before. Man, I've I never done do it before. That. I like going following some guy's lead. Let him take care of the business and and bringing a guest in like you had Paisley. That's my favorite, you know, because you can banner. He can handle the business and and you can just. I want focus you on to force. Your, in, I want you to make yourself do it one time. There ain't no way. Hell yeah. No. Got It'd be too, fun to watch. Got a lot of idiot in me. <laughs> I, I can't handle that. It'd be good TV. Everybody be <laughs> Think watching. about the entertainer Everybody part. Everybody would be like, watch it.
I'd be like, yes, hey, get him. Was there anything you did this year that you were just like, God, that was the biggest screw up I've ever done? Like, like all of it. Mortif- <laughs> no, no, that's not true because you were good, and and I know you're going to be humble and talk about it, but you were good. But I'm saying, is it was there this moment where you were like, okay, that, damn, was, that was bad. Damn, that that sucked. was stupid. Yeah, that the was biggest stupid. thing. <laughs> I, and I know I should, but I can't. I cannot go back and watch myself because no, the whole either. time I'm like, God, yeah. you sound like an idiot. I've, I've never done it either. And, and you know all my peers like you you must go back and you know yeah. perfect your, your your craft you know and yeah. I'm like dude I, I I sound like a complete blooming idiot I I can't go back and watch that <laughs> and I know I should because there's things that I would have done different and things like that but you know Mike Joy tells he's he's been around so long and so professional he'll tell you you know we don't we don't rehearse you know because they. They want it natural. And oh, y'all don't stuff. rehearse. No, there's a lot of the things that I wish we did rehearse because I I know I could do it better. No different than that next lap on the racetrack. You know, if you go out and run a qualifying run, a qualifying lap, you know, if you had another set of tires on it, cool this baby off. I yeah. go out there and get me another half a tent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's always that way. You know, when it, when you're in the booth or you say a comment or you know anything, you always feel like, man, I wish I had that do over again. But it's no different on the racetrack. Yeah. Do you think you ever race again? Good question, and it's been on my mind here. This was the first weekend; it kind of freaked me out. Mm. There's no. I was telling, I was over with friends, and it's like the damn rabbit just fell off the the front of the car. You know, I, I've had a rabbit to chase my whole adult life, and even in the TV side of it, when I got that opportunity to start the season with that, you're chasing a rabbit. Your your mind's <laughs> chasing something. You know, you want to be good at, at at what you're doing. It just shut off. The faucet just shut off, and I just watched you pick up the rabbit and take off chasing it. You know, and you're like, "Ah, oh, sh. Well, hey, man, give me, give me something." You know, so yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't. I might try to do something and try to race something. I love racing. I love competing. What? what? But I don't like. And this is where I. I it was bad for me. Is I, I don't like losing, and and I didn't like the 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 feeling of, of letting being let down, you know, and, and it just got to where it was too much oh, yeah. for me. It, it drove me nuts. I and hate, it actually changed me as a person. The one thing that I hated most about being a race car driver was, was living with disappointment. Even Ugh. the guy that's successful is only winning a small percentage of the races, right? Well, except for now with Kyle Larson, but it'll go, it'll, it'll yeah. change. But everybody, I don't care what driver you yep. are, you got to deal with disappointment and failure. And I could, I got, I never got better at that. I got worse at that, right? Yep. And by the end of it, I'm like, when I finally retired, I was like, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with carrying that frustration and disappointment to th- through the whole next week. And we got in the booth, and Jeff Burton goes, Hey, man, we win and lose up here, but nobody cares when it's <laughs> over with. They're talking about this guy down here, not us. You know, we can, we can walk out of this booth and we don't have to worry about all that. It's changed Monday mornings, you know, and, and all the way through. First of all, the race home. You know, you're always with such a, a race getting yeah, out yeah. of there. Got to be home. Got to be home. Got to be here because your your mind was, you know, had to get back to the shop, figure out why we sucked or whatever else. It pissed off. You know, you guys want to you want to hang out Sunday night? You want to leave or what? I'm like, ah, just if I can make it home to take the kids to school Monday morning, be good to me. I don't care. You know, you're just <laughs> yeah. no, no longer in a big hurry and a big rush to get everywhere. So it's kind of calmed me down in that sense too. But yeah, those peaks and valleys, yeah. you know, competitions full of peaks and valleys and forever those peaks, 
you know, even if it was a sharp peak, was worth those valleys and, and whatever hell it drug you through. And towards the end, I was just like, man, it, it's no longer worth that, that one special moment anymore. What about your dirt team? Yeah, love it. You know, and, and I think it's an opportunity for me to spend some more time with it. And I'm looking forward to you know, maybe Cash and I going on the road with him and, some and and trying to help them out a little bit. We've been traveling a lot already. My wife, my God, I've, I looked at my phone, look at the schedule. I'm like, what? I've never, I know you kind of know me. I don't keep a schedule. I don't, when I go on vacation, everybody, you get somebody new that has a wife that wants to, you know, hand Plan you this I need to know what we're doing yeah. at 10 a.m. on yes, Tuesday. I like, <laughs> 10 a.m., what? Yeah. No. We might be up for breakfast. If we're not, I don't give a damn. We're going to, I don't care what we're doing at 10 p.m., let alone, <laughs> we're just going to go. Yeah. I, we're headed to Destin. That's where we're going. We're yeah. going to the beach. I hate the beach, but we're going to figure it out. You know, <laughs> maybe we'll find something to have some fun with. You know, so the schedule, I looked at it and God almighty, we're here, there, everywhere, you know, bouncing back and forth to go to, going forward. to race. Yeah, moving forward all, you're already, all summer long. You're good. You're busy. Wide ass open mm. with, with cash. Cash, Tuesdays. Tuesday's cash, and then uh, they race some on Saturdays. You know, but again, I don't want to get full-blown. So this baseball deal, and I don't, you know, everybody, I I would love to have him play some more in baseball just because I like the aspect of the team side of it and what you learn and and how to get more out of people, have them help you get more out of yourself. No different in racing, but it's actually more because there's more hands on the ball, right? I like that aspect of it, but I hate the fact that you're either all in or you're not good enough. You know, it's it's these guys are are you know tour the tournaments all weekend long, three or four games. You're you're stuck. You're married to it. And I've heard some of those professional baseball players. I know that's the commitment that you take that it, you have to be to to be the best. But they're six years old. We don't know if they're going to be you know, the next Babe Ruth or, or not, you know. And, and I think at some point you still have to have a balance to have some fun and not be so down a path of something that they can't see the rest of the world. Because that's, that's some things that I, we didn't do, you yeah. know what I mean? We went to the damn racetrack, we chased a dream, and s- there's a part of me that, that would have liked to seen some of those things. And, and the other part of me is super glad that I didn't because it made me good enough at a craft that I was I was good at. So that balance – in in an early life i don't know I, I haven't figured it out yet and i don't know i think there is a balance but it's a hard one to find and hit right the the commitment for kids this age i know i mean you got girls dale i've got a couple girls and if you get them into a sport it doesn't take long for them to all of a sudden they're traveling and everything else and it's a full-in commitment and you don't have time for anything else so you're forced to pick you're, something yeah it, you really are, and, and it's it's kind of a shame that it's that way. But, again, that's what makes kids passionate about something, and I, in my opinion, that's important, you know, moving forward that, that they're passionate about something in life and, and, and work hard for it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, when I asked you about if you drive again, and you said, yeah, maybe, I've, I've been thinking about that, at what level, what's interesting to you? What's What are you curious about? What is, Maybe what's unfinished? Well, I don't think it's – a fact that unfinished because I think all of it was yeah, on, like you, on borrowed your, time. You know what I mean? Like, car, dirt. Caught me off guard with all of it. But I think it would be fun to to go back and run a, a dirt modified or something or, or you know, those late models, you, that's a commitment. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I feel like I could get in a modified and in a few races be competitive, you yeah. know, somewhere, right? The late model stuff the level that we have, that might as well be the Cup Series. Right. I mean, mm. it is full-blown mm-hmm. engineers and, and, you know, way down a path. You're not just going to get in those. Kyle, 
Larson, best driver going right now. He's got in and won, but he's also got in and, and struggled, you know. And yeah. But if he did it a lot more regularly, he would be able to run with those guys. It's hard. That's the hardest thing that I've seen with racing as it's evolved and, and you know, engineering and everything else. You get down a path, you can't outrun those guys. You know, you can't get in and, and, and compete. And, and you've heard, you know, I've talked to Kenny Wallace about that. Like, he's he races a lot almost every single weekend and and you know when he, he first started to. you have to to stay competitive yes. to we can run with those guys but i think that goes right Just back to local your show though you right. might go do that and have some fun so if you right that something like that would be fun and you know at the end of the day right now i love i love our sport i feel like it's in a healthy spot i think that's important you know this it's important to that I try to give back to the sports given me so much my whole damn life. Yeah. You know, it's always been, like I just said, it's kind of on not borrowed time, but it's just all unexpected, you know, and it's the appreciation for the sport and, and how, how healthy it is all the way through. And it, it, it excites me. It keeps me intrigued on, on the business side of the partnership side of it. Hospital, hospitality at the tracks you know I, I want everybody to get to a racetrack and enjoy every every minute you know and pisses me off we had an opportunity and couldn't get people in there you know I I was excited for our deal but man I, I wanted to be there hand it get me tickets let get in here you know let me help get you you damn water ran out of water I'll go get waters you know I'd like that's just <laughs> but I mean that's the way I am I yeah. want everybody to to love our sport and and leave there and go back to that coffee shop monday morning and say man that was a kick-ass time and i can't wait to go back next year you as an analyst you're fresh out of the car you when you watch a guy run a race or watch our our drivers race you all the things that you experience as a driver come back to you and it's all fresh and you've got all kinds of great insight because all that stuff's just right in the, right in the rear view how will you as a broadcaster and i'm asking for a friend for the next gen car will you go drive mm. it so i was wanting to and it was the plan you know i had actually talked to scott miller and, and fabian about doing that earlier in the season i was supposed to where do you say that I, my seat was in that car when the pandemic hit oh really my seat was in the car to test atlanta after you know because mm -hmm. we all got off playing atlanta yeah. got the call get back on it big daddy mike helton calls and say hey where are you at boy Where's your team at? Like, where are you standing here? To where everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Well, sit right there. I knew it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But I was supposed to get in that that car, that next gen car, and and run and test that car. I I still want to do that. I'd like to get in it and feel it, yeah. understand it. Um, nonetheless, I feel like you know your experience is just like I was saying at Sonoma. You know, see a guy get a run off a corner, or see see things from a perspective of years of experience that, that other people's can't see, you know, and, and, and that's not a knock to them. It's just, they haven't, they haven't visualized that from the seat of a race car. They haven't felt a car get loose or, or, you know, a wheel come loose, all those things, you know, wheel coming loose at 180, 190 mile an hour is pretty sketchy. Yeah. Damn, hope it don't fall hurt. off. Boy. It's, it's going to hurt, right? <laughs> that hurt, you know, how, what do you mean hurt? We know how hell he knows better than anybody. You know, that's that's a level that, that of experience that only we can, can share with somebody. So it's our job to make sure that we convey that to a fan and, and, you know, at the end of the day, enjoy what they're seeing. Yeah. I hope we can create opportunities for us to get in those cars, though, so yeah. we can at least go, all right, this is what acceleration feels like. This is what the rack feels like. 
steering. But you got to be careful what you ask for. You, you do know what uh, O'Donnell wanted us to do. Uh-uh. He wanted us to run. I probably shouldn't say oh, that. Oh, a race. Surely it's, you didn't hit the red buttons yet. Yeah, they wanted us <laughs> to run the all-star race yeah. like a damn celebrity race or something at the all-star race in the, in the next gen cars and gordon called me he's like hey man i, I don't know man we, i think we ought to bow down out of didn't this they city. try that at bristol and somebody ended up in the hospital like a couple years ago i mean so they yeah did, but he was i think that guy was like 106 years old or <laughs> well, something jeff called me and i, I told mean. him what the rate was and he didn't <laughs> call me back <laughs> <laughs> oh you said what it was gonna cost the hourly yeah. wage <laughs> hourly rate jeff. Like, hey, still wait you're going to have to just go ahead and write me the winner's check. <laughs> <laughs> so we we backed down out of that. But I think it would be interesting. I think there's a lot of things about that car that are, that are interesting. I don't like, you know, ever since our cars went to, you know, no ride height and got them glued down on the racetrack and things like that, not like this, right, way off the ground, I feel like there's, there's points as we've went along that, that I didn't like. I th- I thought that that was a, a maybe a setback. You go to the car tomorrow when that thing first started. It looked just like this. It was even on the sides. By the time it's evolved to now, it almost is. It's not quite as bad as our cars were in 06, yeah. where they're all twisted up. But they pretty much are. They got a billboard on the right side, left side's like a dually fender on it, and you know they're all. T- it's <laughs> yeah. like, what? Well, how did we get here? You know, mm-hmm. this crafty some bitches. Yeah. You know, but we got to get. We got to get back to that, and I think this next gen car is going to do that. I want, I want to see guys. I saw it this weekend, and it was the first time in a long time at Nashville. How long has it been since you watched two or three different people just spin out? Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That resonates to me. That makes it. That's cars hard to drive. Yeah. You yeah. know, they just busted their butt by themselves. No, no help. No nothing. They just wrecked. Yep. You know, and, and I feel like the sport, there's a balance there. You can't get people hurt. But I can tell you this. When I got out of the car, there was only two tracks I was that, not scared of, but you thought, man, I could get hurt at, Daytona and Talladega. You know, never would cross your mind at a mile and a half or a short, short track or anything else. Yeah. And, and it was because – Couldn't spin it out. You could not wreck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I, I want – I want to see in-car cameras in there with those guys. Now that I ain't in them, yeah. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see in-car cameras. Them guys like their eyes this big because they're scared to death. Tell them your idea. Let's get his reaction about taking off the spoiler. Yeah, like, I think they should take it all the way off. Yeah. I, well, I think at the end of the day, see, you know what? Man. Like, I think they you keep to, taking it off until until you see cars doing what they were doing they last used week. To never. They used to race cars in the seventies without spoilers. We used to. When I first started in this sport, without fail, there was at least one car that would wreck and qualify by themselves. I'm not saying we got to go back to destroying cars and wrecking and stuff like that, but I feel like they have to get to a point where they're that hard to drive. You know, I remember in in 06 and those cars were, dude, those things were, you you respected that car. was hairy. Yeah. Cause yeah. you, you's like this. This old girl's gonna bite me if I don't. I mean, it's gonna hurt. And you go off in the corner, handful of wheel, it you know, flat to the floor, and that thing when it broke loose, it was done. It wasn't even coming back from it. It was you were walking back trying to tell them boys super sorry and helping them unload the other car. You guys have gone straight to the other side now. Look at y'all, y'all broadcasters. They're but like, if you make go them back, harder to drive. These I've drivers need to have a test. Listen years. to y'all preach. I'm telling you. I've said it for the last several years that they need to be harder to drive. Yeah. I agree. This weekend, what did you think about Nashville Super Speedway? I liked the opportunity. Um, 
I loved what I saw out of the fans, the turnout. Yeah. I, I liked the activation, you know, and I think that's that's where it all lives. You know, I feel like we need to get back in, you know, my ideas. I got a lot of ideas, but my ideas is in market activation. We've we've lost that, you know, and, and that was the first stab at it. You know, I want to see the sport. We're coming out of a pandemic, you know, and I feel like every sport has to do this. I, I feel like we need it to unroll roll out a, a new plan you know a new rollout plan of of a new experience at a racetrack you know this is an opportunity for a lot of sports to be better than they were and and and, and not necessarily just on the racetrack you know we're, we're taking huge strides in that with that next gen car and, and there's a lot of unknowns those unknowns are excitement you know and i feel like you got to take advantage of that with your your you know, in market activation, which I saw in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the grandstands. I think it spoke for itself. I think it also, you know, brings up a new idea of there's some tracks out there that have been around that, what was it, 10 years? You know, whatever it was that that track set yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I would call a, I don't know, I get failed racetrack. It, it, I, it was, or it'd still be going. But I think it's a proven point that you could come back there and, and put on a show clean that place up they did a phenomenal job that place looked brand awesome new. on television yeah. looked like it was a brand new venue that we'd never been to before and it looked like that on the racetrack and it also looked like that in the grandstand so i think it may be an eye-opener that we could go to some of these other tracks you know look at gateway sitting over there maybe you could go over there and, and roll in with with the boys you know with with the whole circus not just a part of it you know all of the acts and and uh uh really put on a show and and, and be impactful with that market and maybe it doesn't work for many years maybe you you move maybe you take four or five racetracks and move them around or maybe just it's two or three but I love what they're doing in NASCAR finally swinging a bat and taking some chances I think that's going to be a huge momentum gain for us and and again going back to the end market activation that's where it all you know that's that those people got to know you're in you're in town and and have to know that it's going to be something that they haven't seen in a long time how much did you enjoy working with jeff loved it i i knew that it was going to be fun just because of our relationship you know everybody thinks we just because on the racetrack right. but man we had so much fun at champion year in championship banquets and things like that Everybody kind of always has, you know how it is. Everybody's kind of clicky in, in a sense, but we are always, usually by the end of the night, there was only a few men standing, and he was one of them, you know, and I knew that. <laughs> he but ran I'm, hard. Damn right, and he was fun. You yeah. know, it wasn't necessarily about running hard. It's just he was a lot of fun to be around. So I knew that that was going to be a lot of fun in that booth. That, you know, our bosses, it was their sales pitch to me was, man, I know you guys have had your differences. and <laughs> I just think you guys would be. I'm like, stop. That'll be that. That'll be awesome. Trust me. That's the least of my concerns. Me and my dumb ass being good at something. I don't know about. I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of it. But he was a big help to me, you know, because I could. I knew that we could pick on one another, have a little bit of banner, a little bit of you know, you see a wreck one way, I see it the other. You're out of your damn mind, you know that that kind of banner that I felt like was fun and entertaining. But we could do that and not you know, rub each other wrong or, or, or you know, piss each other yeah. off when we left. You know, every week, one of my favorite things was to get on a plane with him and, and talk about the, the, the race and, and what we saw and, and have a beer and actually enjoy, you know, leaving that racetrack with that, that celebration like we used to do, you know, after a good run. Or maybe it was 
damn, I wish we'd have done that better. But those, those conversations on the way home were a lot of fun and, and you learned a lot from, learned a ton from him. You know, that cat, he's the rock star and, yeah. and you know, he's going to be moving into a different role and, and we have to, we need him, man. I, I told him, I was like, you can't just walk away from, from this, this TV deal. Like, I don't care when you can do it or, or whatever. The sport needs you. I don't need you. The Foxy, the sport needs you, you know, and you, uh, Dale Jarrett, when he's out there, those, those guys are our rock stars, you know, and, and it's our job now to make rock stars out of these other kids, you mm -hmm. know, but it's also their jobs, you know, through interviews and things like that. I was proud of, you know, one of our interviews, one of my most, uh, memorable interviews was with Chase Elliott at CODA. You know, we, we did a lap and I told, I was like, man, bring it, damn it. I want you to be, be the man here, you know? And he did, it was an awesome walk around a lap and he was way more conversational than I've experienced him, you know, yeah. in, in this job. And I was like, yes, you know, damn, <laughs> that's what I want. Good job. You know, y'all walked the whole lap. Yeah. He, well, no, he, uh, just, you know, talked us through yeah. a lap as, as we ran Copy. some sort of, of camera angle yeah, around yeah, yeah. there. And I thought he nailed it and knocked it out of the park, but I thought he did it for himself. Right. And it helps you do your job when those guys, you know, it helped me be a lot more conversational because when those guys lock up or who, I don't care who it oh, is, yeah. you know, I shouldn't pinpoint him out, but when somebody locks up in your interview, it, it you all of a sudden start locking up, oh, yeah. you know, you, when you're on the same page and you can bring some energy out of them, you know, I know that I was out there acting like an idiot sometimes, but I was trying to, you know, jazz them up to where they felt comfortable and say something stupid. That's what I do. Outside of working with Jeff um, and Mike, I'm sure, who in y'all's group did you have the most fun with? Who was fun to get to know? Jeff, without a doubt. Jeff, yeah. but Chris Myers, yeah. you know, I think he was uh, a voice. And, and Mike Joy, too. Let me tell you, you know, I think you're probably the same way when you came in. I didn't know Mike Joy. He'd been in the sport since I first walked in the door and I had said hi to him. Hi, Mr. Joy. You know, I mean, it was that kind of relationship. Yeah. But when I got to work with him and you know the history and, and you hear it every day about all the things he's been a part of and his knowledge, his encyclopedia knowledge about our sport, I just loved it. I was I was attached to it. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and then Myers, you know, his perspective and his role, his, my appreciation for him was, was probably one of the biggest because of the fact that he didn't come from racing. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, he has to come in and study his ass off to be good at that. Yeah. I couldn't do that. There's no way in hell. It'd be like us going to try to, to do bowling or something or mm -hmm. baseball or, or another stick or and Olympics more sport. Or... Like, but <laughs> yeah. that, those, guys, those guys, yeah. uh, it's incredible the, the talent they have of the studying and, and the work ethic they have to be able to come in and go through a broadcast as if they've been in racing their whole lives. Right. That's like pretty a, incredible. Lee Diffie, Rick Allen, Mike Tirico on the NBC side, they, they, they get sent to do all these different types of sports. You know that they haven't watched any of what's going on in that particular sport that season. And like you say, man, they go in there and they show up and it's like they've been there. It's like they've been plugged in the entire year. They're talking your talk. They're literally it's talking. Amazing. They're bench racing with you as if they've been in every yeah. single race, the, every single lap. The one thing about him, who, who, would you, uh, who did you mention? Chris Myers? Chris, yeah, yeah. The one thing. Chris, so when <laughs> – I'll never forget this. Do you remember when we were in the playoffs? We were at the media – we were, I think we were at Vegas Media for the kickoff of the playoffs one year, and he, he was given 
Casey Kane. A hard time. I remember you spoke up. You remember that day? Oh, I don't remember. We were on stage at a at a at an event with fans, and right. he was hosting it. And all the playoff drivers are sitting on that stage, and you were sitting next to. I think you were sitting next to Casey, and so was I. And he was harp. Har- you remember that, that was in Vegas. Yeah, I think I, I thought it was in there. He was giving Casey. We all started feeling bad. Yeah. And I think you said to him, "Hey, man, I think you need to knock it off." <laughs> it was a sounds fucking, like something you'd say. It was no. the coolest. But that, that's always, you know, I've always been raised that way. Try to help that, you know, somebody out out of a. a my dad was every a, time a I tow see truck him, driver. Every time I see him, I think about that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's that way, man. I feel it. He's very witty. He's a smart yeah. ass, you know. So we get along well. Um, dad joke city, you know. Oh, yeah. And and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy him a lot. But yeah. yeah, I remember that. What did you do when you were off? It, do you find it hard? Like you asked me a question. Do you find it hard? Watching us do the broadcast, you see things. You're like, man, they were damn. I'm competitive, so I learned a lot from you guys, but also saw things like, damn, I wish I was up there with them. I, you know, I would love, love to do a race with y'all. Like, and there's been like every once in a while, there's like whispers of, hey, man, maybe they'll, maybe we'll put you in the Sonoma broadcast. So it's a bit of more of a a team team style handoff, right? While we're Mm -hmm. on the same team working together. Yeah. Uh, where y'all won't like, y- y- like y'all's numbers are really important to us. Like y'all's success, because mm-hmm. because that momentum carries right, and we pick up right where y'all leave off. And so we we wish we like all year are wanting y'all s- to do well. And so it's this weird thing where we're not we're like playing for two different teams, but we won't each Same team goal. to do well. It's weird, but uh, I, I just like learning it. You know, I learned a perspective that I've never seen. You know, in the car. We are dead jealous about y'all being able to do the 500. Because, like, we talk about Latart and Burton. We're like, man, don't, we just want to do the Daytona 500 one time. Just one time. Because the feeling and the emotion and the energy, the rush, right? You get that rush. You're standing up there. It's like 10 minutes before you're going on air. And you're looking around. And you're like, this is freaking it. It wasn't a rush. It was Nervous City for really? me. Really? First time since I was probably 24 years old and rolled in driving for Richard Chillis, I was dead scared oh my god i got up there i'll tell you how bad it was and you're gonna laugh i was went all the way through the production meeting man i was taking notes and i was looking around you know all my peers are taking notes so i'm i'm dialed in you know i don't know have a damn clue about the (laughs) 200s 300s four whatever the hell they're talking about i keep writing notes down get up there to the stage i look over i didn't have a note one forgot the whole thing in the bus i was like I looked at Jeff. I was like, I don't have any notes. What do you mean? I was like, I don't have anything. They're all on the bus. What do I do? He's like, dude, you got to go get them. You're, you're going to freak out. I was like, take it away, Chris. We just started going. And, and once I finally got going, yeah. But I'm telling you, when I first went on and they hit that red Scary. button, I was freaking out. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that 500, you know, once you get past that one, that's all the, that's the opportunity. All yeah. eyes are on, you know, and, and, you start off the pre-race and and all the energy, all the excitement, all of it. You you got to perform, and that was hard for me. I, it scared me to death. Yeah, I imagine going back and doing it next year. You'll enjoy, like you'll enjoy it better. Because if you're anything like me, like I'm terrified from the minute I get on the plane to go 
to the first one, right? I'm scared all I'm scared through all the meetings, all the talk, all the conversation, all the build up, not just the ten minutes, you know, not just the day or the morning of yeah. the broadcast. Like I'm terrified. I'm telling Amy I'm laying in bed. <laughs> oh God, it's gonna be a, I'm gonna fall, oh, I'm gonna blow this. This is gonna suck. I'm scared to death. So you were that way with Nashville? Or are you talking about yeah. back when you yeah, yeah. like, told me I was gonna ca- do countdown to green? I was tell I was talking to Amy like five days ahead. Yeah. Was that your first time doing that? Yes. Yeah, I'd have freaked out. I was over scared that. to death. Did you, you guys know what? do you rehearse a whole show? No. We just had a, a production meeting. We heard we rehearsed the intro, like welcome to that little yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. five seconds. Yeah. So check this out. So they're like, hey man, you're gonna host Countdown to Green with Brad Paisley. I'm like, oh my God. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> throw up. And so I I'm I know this right for a couple weeks. I'm think I'm preparing. I'm watching old countdown to greens with Krista Voda and writing notes and how she sends it to commercial and brings it back and all the things, right? So feeling better. S- Saturday morning before the Xfinity race, product we get into the production meeting and they hand us the sheet. And it's like, Dale, you're hosting the Countdown to Green today for Xfinity Race. Like, <laughs> I am? They're like, yeah. You and Dale Jarrett. What? Like, I ain't ready. I don't know what the hell. I would have loved that, though. That's a practice round, man. That's your... So, I threw up in my head. And then... Five, <laughs> oh, it's like, what the hell? And then five seconds later, that's what I thought. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't don't, 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 don't spiral. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're going to get a run here. You know, Damn tomorrow right. will be way better. Get a mock run. That was, like, completely out of character for me to, like, not spiral <laughs> into, you know, just explode and go, I ain't doing this, you know? Cause I would totally do that. I'd go into the, I'd go into my boss and go. Jeff Binky's my boss when uh, at the race weekends. I'd go, Jeff, I can't do this. You got to do something. You know, I'd freak out. But that would have been hard. But they had you do the play by play and sit in that number one chair, and you came back ready to be Chris Economaki all of a sudden. You were ready, like, man, I want more of that. Yeah, the- I know. So it's just like when they said, when, you know, "What do you mean play by play?" Like what Mike Joy does for y'all and what Rick Allen I does did, for him. Yeah. He did he sat in that anchor the booth at the Xfinity race. No chance. So I would so I was the same way years and years ago. Like they would be like, Hey man, you're gonna go present at the MTV Awards. I'm like, Hell no, I ain't. Yeah. I mean, everybody in there, everybody that you know is like, Why wouldn't you do that? And I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, terrifying. No, I ain't doing it. I ain't getting in front of all the people on national TV. But you do it. You're terrified. You're like, why did I just? Why did I agree to do this? You're standing there like moments before you go out there. Why did I agree to do this? This sucks. And then you do it and you get done. And you're like, hell yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> awesome. I want to do that again. Look at that. But getting started is the hardest part. And yeah. you having to do that right off the bat. That's what would have been struggling because I can't even put a sentence together. And then all of a sudden, you know, like your first opening comments of the week. I dude, I blow it every single weekend you come back up from that commercial break i'm dialed <laughs> I, I'm, I got it then you know what i'm saying yeah. it's so hard to do right off the bat and everybody's excited you ran into the booth and you're trying to, all right man i i think this is gonna happen keep an eye on this guy this is yeah. my guy here i'm flubbing all the way through that and then come back from that commercial break i'm rock out I, hey you're, you're so self-deprecating so why are you was the idea to do tv and do a career in tv did somebody come to you with that idea or did you come up with that idea <laughs> no you never once said like no. i may have a career in tv afterwards no they came we did those xfinity broadcasts oh that's right, right. yeah that, that kind of got planted the sea with you too. so we all got that opportunity to do drivers only and that was easy you know because you're double a's up there and 
you're up there with your peers and you're just oh. kind of talking bench race. No pressure. No pressure at all. Like literally didn't feel any. And then we did those, you know, when the pandemic hit, we got to do those iRacing events. And that's where <laughs> Jeff and I had fun. And I knew it. I, I knew I was like, it, it just hit it. You know, our, our relationship worked. Our, we were having fun or banner back for the conversation. It just, it worked. And I, I kind of, that was my first time that I was like, eh, maybe, maybe they'll call. And, mm. and they did. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think it was probably a year before I was ready for it. But it was one of those opportunities yeah. that you just have to court. Do you let yourself think about the next package? Yeah, absolutely. For that um, but it, I guess I think it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not up to me. True. Right. But. But I feel like it, it, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be somebody that you can, hey, in anything in life, it can be better. You know, I'm a racer, man. Every lap you yeah. take, you think you can, maybe, but you think you can go out there and I can get just a little bit more out of that. You know, give me another opportunity, another crack at bat. I don't know. I don't think, you know, I, I right now, I don't think that, I think what we had was spot on. It was a lot of fun. You know, when you're having fun doing something, I think it it, it shows. And, and we enjoyed no different than you guys do as a team. You really enjoy your teammates, you know, and, and that's why it works. You know, there's no no butthole. You know, everybody, there's every single one of our guys was a lot of fun and a, and a, a factor, right? And we all got along together. We all ate dinner together, and we were all a, a team. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no jerk that nobody liked, you know. There was no in-law that was – a jerk and and we 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 you must have went some on laws that you don't like nah it's, you know what i mean like we kidding. went on vacation and everybody got along yeah. and everybody knows what that's like but but our team our group was a lot of fun and and i think whoever that is or or maybe it doesn't exist you know i think that's a that's a really important part of of the equation when i moved out of the driver's seat i was like man it's, how am I, i'm gonna figure out how to feel this time and in like two months I was up to here with to do. Oh yeah. So like, are you sitting there? Are you surprised? I guess by how much, how easy it was for things and and people and responsibilities to fill up that void. No, nah, well, I think timing's everything, and you know, running through the broadcast, our part of it was pretty much on the pandemic, where there wasn't a lot of fans there until right there the last few weeks, couple weeks. That's what I like. That's what I'm, you know, kind of good at is is I feel like, you know, is is bringing some people in, showing them our sport. I know where to go. I know where the fun's at. I know where they're going to see it. So I always liked bringing a sponsor and a partner in and be like, hey, man, let me show you this. You know, let me show you that. Showing off our sport in, in a different, you know, opportunity that they can have. I, I, I didn't have that this year. And if I did, that's that extra day, that Saturday, you know, that yeah. I, I could have really – Again, you know, helped our sport and, and done a good job. So I think next year there'll be more of that and, and some of those mm -hmm. opportunities. There was some, you know, there's no question sure. I was busy, but but honestly it was uh, – I think a lot of that had, had something to do with it. Do you – how much practice do we need? How much practice do we need and what would you do with qualifying? You got control. Um, you're, you're running it. I think the proof's in the pudding. We've, we've had practice and it does absolutely nothing for our product. Uh, it's it, – Again, it's through the different lens you're looking at. You know, it's just it's a fact. You, you don't nothing changes. I honestly, I think it hurts it. I think it closes the window up to where you don't have a guy miss a little bit, or or hit it. You know, and, mm -hmm. and smoke them. 
it, so I, I think for whatever reason, I think the more they shake things up, you know, go into a season, things shake up, a lot of parity, you know, that was a topic of conversation. And I talked, we talked about it a lot, you know, for the first month, month and a half of just how many new winners, you know, first time winners, you know, your, your big winners from last year, Kevin Harvick still hasn't won a race, you know, Truex had won so many races, uh, all those different things. It's a different, different thing going on. So it's all of a sudden you're starting to see that same guy win a bunch of races. You know, when, when, when the window closes up, people perfect it. The engineers get better at it. They, they narrow that window up and I think it hurts the product. I think, you know, practice does that for our sport moving into the next year with this car, you're going to have to have it. I do believe that we have to have at least two days at the track. Yeah. You have to have fans interact yeah, yeah, yeah. and enjoy the weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I get that. You know, I don't like going in in one day and, and being the only ones there, you know, and, and I think it's very important to, to, to the overall impact of, of the weekend to have everybody there at least for a couple of days. I, hel I, I feel like with my, my job, it adds some layers of storylines when you see some things happening in practice. And so I kind of like a little bit of practice. Yeah. And I like single car qualifying. And they go so fast now because they got two cars on the track. One goes, they send another one, they send another one. And it's a quick show. You know, you get a chance to talk to drivers. You have them up on the, the pit box to talk. I kind of like that a little bit. I like qualifying, but I also like – and it goes back to dirt racing and, and where I came from. An inversion. yeah. Does, does how do good. you how do you fit the inversion into the when we car when racing? we first came back from the pandemic I thought it was the best when yeah. they did like the top twenty yep and then they went to that thirteen or whatever and it protected those guys I didn't like that it it's actually it was a I proved it to them and then two weeks later I was so damn vocal about it and shoved it in their face that they changed the rule I'm like you can't do that. I actually, I finally broke the bubble and got back into the top 13, Got went to getting my stage points back. Yeah. And Jimmy Johnson stayed back there in 16th or whatever it was. He couldn't get them, you know, and <laughs> I just kept getting farther and farther away and made the playoffs no problem because of that. Soon as I showed, like two weeks went in, they changed the rule, but uh, went to this formula, which I don't like. Um, you know, a lot of confusion and things like that. But I, I think the inversions, you know, the all-star race, it was a lot of rules. But there was a lot of moving parts and a lot of storylines that you kept track of. You know, I think you could simplify that a little bit with some graphics, some good graphics where people understand, you know, where those cars are, why they're, it's so important. Because they were incentivized every single run to have to pass cars. Mm -hmm. If they couldn't pass, you weren't going to be the, the guy, right? You weren't going to have that opportunity. Those guys pass the cars, and I know the fastest cars will pass the most cars. I, I get that. But you also have a, an aggressive Ross Chastain, a guy like him, a Kyle Busch, you know, that didn't have the fast car, but he passed a lot of cars. You know, he was able to, to make some noise within that race. I think at the end of the day, through a, our races are a little bit too long still. And I feel like if you, if you shorten that up a little bit with a little bit of inversion, you know, I think you got a lot of atmosphere within a race. But you said something, and I was going to ask you, one of the hardest things when you go off a broadcast is, you know, these, you, you brought it up at the top of the, this deal. You know, you get done and you're like, man, did I, I don't feel like I, I helped him out enough. You know, do you ever feel yes. guilty after the race? Helped like, like your, your just partners? Didn't say enough. No, no, no. Not about partners, not about business, just about your booth mate? No, a guy out driver. on a racetrack, a driver out on oh. a track, you know, a, you missed it. You look down and a guy, that shouldn't have been maybe hadn't been running in the top 10 got him a top 10 you're like sorry so there, dude so 
you know, Larson crosses the finish line, and now he's doing whatever he's doing. Before Twenty minutes he, later, the rest of the field did. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's driving around on the front straightaway, getting to the interview, and I'm re- I'm looking at the rundown. I'm going, yeah, LaJoy, sixteenth. I'm just saying names, right? Yeah. Anything that I saw that I, I'm like. I don't know how this sounds. Probably sounds like some idiot redneck <laughs> broke into the booth. But it hit you, and, yeah. it, and it does. Like you, you realize it. You try to take that, care of everybody, you know, because yeah. you want you don't want to make anybody mad. But there's relevant guys that are relevant to the race, and then there's also relevant drivers that that did a good job. You're right. Uh, um, I, I was curious about this. How do how do you deal with people that critique your your performance uh, yeah. or TV performance? Because there's armchair quarterbacks every Monday. Yeah, and they're going to sit there. And I got to be honest, I think we might have been one earlier in the year at Darlington when we were trying to like, why are they not showing Dale's car, you know, in the Xfinity race? And you know, now yeah. I'm taking Barry Landis's job from him and all this stuff. Like, so how do you? Well, what? Kelly had called or, or said something, and I I saw her tweet something. I looked at it and I was like, man, I, she's right, you know. And why didn't we do that? And I called him immediately. He said, well, we did it on a pre race before and. We thought we did a good job. You know, hey, people miss the ball every now and then, yeah. right? And, and have a different they, – they thought they did good and was really excited about it and then <laughs> yeah. you get back and you're like, oh, no, we didn't mean to do that, you know? Yeah. So you do miss every now and then. You you know, you're, you're focused on something else and you think – because I think when you go into a race weekend, you got to try to focus – you know, it's our jobs to, to help them forecast – What's going on? Those Tuesday production meetings, they're going to lean on the drivers. All right, what do, what do we need to see in this weekend? What what do you think the perspective is going to be? So you try to use your background and your experience to, all right, paint this picture of what I think it's going to go like. Well, every now and then it doesn't, you know, but you've got your focus, your attention, your mind on that path. You think you're doing right, and if, if it throws you an audible, you got to bob and weave a little bit. Yeah. And, and sometimes you do a phenomenal job of that. Sometimes you miss a little bit. But it's it's real, you know. I think it's there's a there's always a a path, and and you try to go down that and and try to take care of everybody. That's the hardest part, taking care of everything. You know, there's a lot of business behind it. There's a lot of drivers. There's a lot of personalities that you try to touch on all of those, and you, there's not enough time to do it. No, do, there ain't. Do you guys seek out the the feedback or the criticisms? Oh or yeah, do you ignore sorry. it. That was ADD that just kicked in. Didn't uh, didn't answer your question. That's okay, but I'm curious uh, on both I of do. you guys. I I like it a lot, and and my peers are like don't listen to them. you know don't look at that. People are unfiltered on on social media. They're gonna they're hey you just are. It's just what it is. But usually where there's smoke there's fire. You know, and and so you can see through it. If a clown's got one follower and and you look down the last 25 you know posts were something negative about literally everybody that exists you're like man (laughs) you know you don't even look at that you just put it off but if somebody says something and you know i learned so much at by that by those people because i believe that that there is some validity to what Mm. they're saying their comments and things like that and you know, a lot of it's praise and things like that, but but you don't learn from that. You know what you did good. You know, it's no different in a race car. You know, you you know what you're good at. You need to know what you're not good at. And in TV, that's the hardest part. You never have your bosses or anybody tell you, that, do that you like sucked. that or do you not like yeah. that? That you, I so can't you get just my bosses go. to come in and say, you didn't nail that. Right. <laughs> you know, they're all like, hey, good job. They're trying to pump you up. They're trying to lift you up. Every once in a while, I'm telling them, I'm like, give me the honest truth. 
Like what yeah. sucked? You know, and they're like, I'm busy. Do you really have follow- time to like give you that kind of detailed analyst? So do you do you look at it and try to decipher yeah, through some of it? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read it a lot. Like uh I go on Reddit. Reddit has a race uh Reddit has a race. Reddit is like kinda like Twitter, it's another social media space that there's a lot of great conversation in and they have a race thread where it's just comment after comment on everything that's happening in the in the race and it's a lot of uh, you know, comments on the broadcast, something I said, something Burton said, something we did, something yeah. we didn't do. And uh, so, yeah, I read through that stuff. And I, I feel like I got a pretty good, you know, understanding. I can see, I can go, okay, that's that's good criticism. Yeah. Or, or this, guy's just, right. ju- this guy's just trying to show off. Or, it's pretty easy to decipher through. Do you it guys, really is. Do y'all get defensive if they're criti- uh, critiquing your booth mates? Like if somebody's like, Jeff Gordon sucks. That's fi- natural, though. I think I, that's oh. always been natural for me. I, yeah, so I'm going to defend my boys and my yeah. buddy. But, you know, they don't. You know what I mean? I, honestly, for the most part, people give you a lot of praise, and it makes you feel good, and, and it keeps you up. But honestly, it's no different. We, You just said both of us answered the same thing. You learn from from criticism. Like, what mm-hmm. I don't need to know what I'm doing good at. I want to know what I'm not good at, and I, I need to make that lap better. That comes from racing and being competitive. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a good conversation. It has. Dude. I don't think Cash is yours because he just, for an hour, hour and a half, that kid is just sitting over there, you know, behaving himself. I think that well, he a, can't be a boyer. There's a shop over here that's got a bunch of electronics and remote controls and stuff in it. On we, you know, we live about an hour from here. When we come down here, I'll take him in there. So he's he thinks he needs a new hoverboard. His hoverboard <laughs> blew up. Probably so I does. told him if he's good, we're it gonna swing like in there and see if we can't pick out a oh. good hoverboard to Safe. make mom mad at. And that's why. Yeah, you bribe you know, him. You gotta bribe him, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. You bribe <laughs> him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Thanks for having me, boys. It's a lot of fun, Clint. You think we'll get fired? Or I, I know you won't. No, we won't. If I don't get fired from this, you're not going to get fired kicked from out of this. the sport. You pissed every fan off in you existence. Nope. You fans love you. I don't have to tell you this, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't know that you see any criticism because when I look at social media all year long, all I see is praise. Everybody loves the job you're doing. I love the job you're doing. You're a huge, huge asset to the Fox side of the broadcast. Thanks, man. You changed it up. You've had a lot of great energy that was uh, that, that's always important at a broadcast booth. Love uh, love what you're doing, man. And I'm excited for you uh, to to be able to enjoy going to the racetrack with your boy and the things that's happening there. And hopefully, I run run into you at a racetrack somewhere. Well, if you see if if I get this could happen. If you look over in the infield and you see old Clint with his bus out and it's sitting on a cooler of beer and and taking in what you guys are doing the rest of the year. Oh yeah, don't be surprised. I will be surprised. You Don't need be surprised. To, you need to take your ass on vacation, buddy. Ah, take, that's go. what she always says. I don't vacation very well. I always wear – man, I'm terrible at it. The first day of vacation, <laughs> I blow it out like it's not going to – It's that's it. That's normal. And You're, I feel like <laughs> the whole vacation until the last day you get to feeling better. Then guess and what you leaving. do? No, I'm going to hit it one more time. <laughs> have a little fun. Do a little day drinking that day. And then you feel like – all the way home you're like i blew the whole vacation Sounds like every trip i've ever took <laughs> I, I'm tell you, I bet he's in an xfinity race before this year's over that hey i asked you i asked the question because if you if I you think got an itch to scratch man we can we can help well, you we out. Can help him out i have an idea and and before we go off i think it needs to happen i've been this is one of the things i wanted to do your cars right there that you built first of all that 
I followed along with that, and that was one of the neatest things that, that I feel like you've ever done. Uh, that was a kick-ass project. It's cool. The, the, the backstory behind it, all of it's so cool. I hope that you can continue to find cars like that and find some some you know backing to be able to build yeah. those and bring that history back to the forefront. I thought that was such a cool story. But I want to see a Chase Elliott or a Kevin Harvick or something like that. I, I want to go back. You're such a history guy. And I talked to Ray Everham about this because he's got a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and and have them go out and compare. You know, I want to see some legit la- run hard, right? Because you always see, you know, you always hear the the old day old conversation of of you know, man, them guys ain't as tough as these boys back yeah. then. You know, they were such more badass racers. I would like to see dry, a, a guy today's day and age get in one of those cars and really put it out there. And get it on, and and you know do a comparison a little bit. I'd, I'd love to see put telemetry on that thing and see what it did. You know, yeah. <laughs> we'll just go I, get Brexton Bush's stuff. <laughs> Kyle Bush has got some handy. I but was just thinking I we mean, should do that. The challenge is tires. Like you're trying to find good quality buy supply tires to to take something like that. Yeah, but it, it still is to this day. In a <laughs> tires are always a challenge, man. Yeah. But it's that's because it's what sticks our our product to the track. Yeah. You know, there's, it's a challenge because it's important. It is very important. And I feel like they can do that. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, man. Do yeah. it. Do it. Maybe not that one. It's too Not that nice. one. Hell no. <laughs> she's she's win as fast as she's going to go. But Ray's probably got one. Ray Everton's well, probably got one. Like you Ray, said. Tear his up? Yeah, Ray, tear Ray's his up. Ray's got one. Yeah. He's got an old Monte Carlo, Dave Marcus Monte Carlo. But Richard Childers does, too. He's got a lot Damn, of your right. dad's old cars that still got patinaed out. Like, I think it'd be cool to see somebody get out there and see what it has. I'm with you there, buddy. That's your Let's segment. That's your segment for next year for one of your races. Oh, that was yeah. an idea. Yeah. Clint Boyer on the Dale Jr. Download. And we are live. Well, we finally made it to my favorite part of the show, guys. Ask Junior, brought to you by Xfinity. Co-host Mike Davis is here. As usual, Leah's got your questions uh, that you guys have sent at Xfinity on Twitter. So uh, let's go. Our first question from Stephen Rogers. With us coming out of a doubleheader weekend, do we look at having more doubleheaders or is it time to start looking at running a track one time a year as other race series do now? Yeah, I would always um, I would always say that going to uh, each track once is plenty. You know, we should be going to as many tracks as we can go to, not not to go to any track twice. Yeah, even maybe Talladega and Daytona. Mm. One, you know, one street course, one doubleheader, one dirt race. Just try that for a couple years. I mean, if a doubleheader is wildly successful and sustains that success and grows to be this sort of preferred experience for fans, then you think about doing more than one doubleheader. But let that be special and unique to Pocono. Every track needs to have its sort of thing that it's known for, that it's special for. You know, Pocono is a destination. People go to Pocono just to vacation. So that's why I think the doubleheader can work because you're coming into town to a place that you want to be, and you're going to have fun. Plus, you're going to have two days of racing. Maybe you come into town for a three-day weekend, four-day weekend, whatever. But if you have a doubleheader at a place that's not a destination, not necessarily a vacation town, I don't know if it works as well. So, um, you know, you got to 
uh, we're always we always need to think about offering the fan an experience, and that race is only a piece of that, right? I think you you do it at, you do it at Pocono. We had an amazing weekend. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate how much fun the races were. All the campers and everybody having fun, and just keep doing that for a couple more years before we really go uh, double header somewhere else. Next question from Zach Albright. What's your take on the current shuffling of cup charters that is happening? Yeah, the cup charter uh, conversation is is crazy. Uh, so, you know, we learn something wild. Uh, we hear a new rumor every week. Colleague hearing they spent you know $10 million a piece on each of those charters. Don't know if that's true or not. You're hearing that now. I thought that the charter market was around $5 million, $7 million. Now you're hearing it's north of $10 million. For a charter just you know you don't know what to believe but that's way out of my range buddy i'll tell you that junior motorsports ain't gonna be racing no cup series <laughs> if that's what the charters are going for i'll just be <laughs> honest with that said though man that's a great thing the fact that the charters have are going up in value just as we speak that is exactly what they uh, intended i mean if you're an owner in this sport 10 years ago if you wanted to sell your team you had nothing to sell but parts and cars and pieces that are going to be sold for pennies on the dollar. That was it. When you got out, you, you really took a loss. Kind of like buying and selling boats. <laughs> Anyways, that's another <laughs> what story. What was that about? Yeah. Well, I've never had a boat appreciate, and I've never been able to sell one for what I paid for it. And that's the way race teams are, and racing equipment is the same way. You know, they, when these teams fold or, or sell, they, they auction this stuff off, and, and people get it for, for you know, a, a, a tenth or, or 20% of what it was worth. So now, if you're an owner and you have a charter, you got real value. You got something that, 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 that people want and something people are willing to pay for. That's, that, you know, if you're selling a charter... You're making and you're selling it for ten million. That's ten million dollars that you weren't going to get when you sold your team five years ago. So that's amazing that they've somehow created this charter system and it works. So as bad as I want two charters for Junior Motorsports to go cup racing, I love the idea that these things are expensive and they're going up. And that's a good thing for all of us. That's a good thing for the whole industry. Next question from Bob Trabuco. I have this memory stuck in my head of your dad breaking a camshaft very early in a race and then seeing him actually tearing it down on TV, turning wrenches and getting it fixed and getting back in the car before the end of the race for points. Am I imagining it? Charlotte. Charlotte Mercer Speedway. They were in the points battle. I think that year they might have lost that championship to Rusty. But they um, broke an engine in the middle of the 600 and they Typically, I mean, if teams broke motors, they loaded it up. You blow the motor, you, you, there's too much damage internally, and it's just going to break again. But in this particular instance, it was early in the race, and they thought, let's fix it. Let's figure out how, let's tear it apart as fast as we can and get it back out there. And I think they did. I think the car got back out there and, and finished the race. Um, fortunately enough, it, the cam broke and didn't do too much damage to the rest of the engine, and they were able to, to get it going. Uh, next question from Ryan Jones. How was the Lost Speedways premiere party last week? It looked like a fun time. Oh, man. The Lost Speedways uh, Season 2 comes out July the 1st on Peacock TV. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think it's in front of the paywall. Am I right? You just sign up? I don't actually know the answer yeah. to that. That's I know a great season, question. Well, I know Season 1, you just signed up and created an account on Peacock TV, and you had access to Season 1. And then you could browse and see everything else that Peacock TV has to offer. It's a fast-growing 
platform that NBC is using, you know, that's where you're going to be able to watch uh, Lost Speedway Season 2. Lost Speedway Season 2, Season 1 was great. We got a lot of uh, success out of that season. We got great reaction. We learned a lot. And so I think when you watch Season 2, you're going to see how much better we got. You're going to see better directing. You're going to see better photography. You're going to see better editing, sound, the storytelling. I think even me and Matthew might have got a little better. The episodes, to me, are just more robust, and they have more meat on the bone. So I'm excited for people to watch several of those episodes and get y'all's reaction. There's some great ones, man. I learned so much in season two. We went into season one, and I think I knew a lot about most of what we were doing and going to find and see and, and, and experience. And in season two, I went into a lot of these not knowing as much. And it was a great experience for me to, to have that education, and I hope that the shows do that for you guys. All right, one more question. This one's actually from Jenna Fryer, who wrote an awesome article about Lost Speedway Season 2 um, and was at the premiere party. She says, actually, I have a question. How many T-shirts yeah. does Dale Jr. own? I saw that. So <laughs> I got a big, I got one Tupperware that's full, and those are too small or, or shirts Amy won't wear. I went on this spree where I was buying every, all any size. Uh, if I liked it and wanted the shirt, I bought any size to, to keep right? Put away, store. Maybe my daughters will like them or wear them or want them. Discover them one day in the storage. Bought a lot of shirts for Amy, thinking she might like them. Some she did, some she didn't. She wears a couple, but the rest went into storage. And then I have a rack of my own that I actively wear. So uh, on that rack, maybe there's about 150 shirts. So I got about 300 shirts, maybe. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) I've been going... I mean, I still, I look on eBay every two, three days, just browsing, skimming through. And there's some people out there selling, you know, there's some uh, people out there that sell them and buy them and go and kind of, they're like pickers yeah, for like t-shirts and keep up with those guys and see what they got. Brent, Brent Wentz, he's always getting cool stuff. <laughs> and if he'd just reach out to me, I'd pay him for it right then and there. But he's, he'll post it and list it and it'll be gone before I ever learn that he's got it ticks me off because I'm a good customer of his. <laughs> all right. That's all for today, guys. Well, that brings us to an end of Ask Junior. It always seems to end way too quickly. That's true. It always does uh, seem to go quickly, but not nearly as fast as Xfinity X5. Well, Xfinity X5 is fast, but it's more than that. It's also reliable and powerful, meaning that everyone can do more of what they love with faster internet. You and your crew can stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed your devices need. And remember, send your Ask Junior questions to at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Thanks to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Last call! All right, everybody. Dale had to run out. He had to go. He had to leave. Couldn't couldn't wait to the end of the show. So we're going to do last call. Me and Matthew Dillner tell you what's going on this week. First of all, Lost Speedways premiere. Uh, we had this. What a fun event it was last week. Did you enjoy it, Matthew? Oh man, it was more than I could even imagine. Yeah, uh, it was like being in a fantasy world. A red carpet. Are yeah, I had a red carpet. It made a big deal. Hey, we're a big deal now. Yeah, we you have know? race car drivers there, historians. Now, if we could just get people to watch it, we'll be real good. So <laughs> it happens this week, July 1st, and it is on Peacock. And listen, everybody, I'm telling you something. I wouldn't lead you wrong. If you have not watched Lost Speedways uh, season one, you needed to do that. And then know that season two is better. We feel good about this. It's, a, it's what we do. And by the way, it doesn't 
have a season three unless you guys watch it and watch it again. So if you want a season three, if you want us to uh, continue doing this show, then it really is in your hands. We're leaving it to you. Everything we could do, Matthew, we've done it. It's now up to our fans. Don't let us down. Yeah. July 1st, Peacock. No and pressure. then, uh, yeah, all episodes will be streaming. Uh, and then let us know what you think. Let Matthew know. We'll probably have a little fun. You know, last year, Matthew, we, you and I did a, 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 a YouTube live. That um, was fun. And, uh, you know, talked about it. Maybe we'd do something like that again. I like it. It was fun. Um, let's see here. Door bumper clear. Door bumper clear. Did they have, <laughs> what did they say this week? I mean, they're always talking crap to us. Wait, did they do it again? Let's just, uh, let's hear. All right, go ahead and play it. Hey, Dell Jr. Download listeners, this is TJ Majors. Are you tired of hearing my former boat partners blab on and on? Well, I know just what you need to do. Come listen to our show, like right now. Why are you still listening to this? Come listen to Door Bumper Clear now. This is Freddie Kraft, and there's a ton to cover after the Pocono doubleheader. That's right, old Frederick. Uh, Brett Griffin here, and this week we will talk Kyle Larson losing in the final corner, Sunday's fuel miles finish, and Brad Keselowski to Rouse Fenway Racing, reported as being a done deal. Listen to Door Bumper Clear right now. Available wherever you get your podcast. Promise not to screw you on a boat deal. Hey, listen, I, I can't really blame TJ. I'm as mad as he is about the boat situation. I don't so, blame him. Uh, you know, I, I, I won't disagree with him that. But uh, if he's going to try to get listeners out of his misfortunes and, and you know, let's, let's not grovel. <laughs> let's not be that. Um, you know, earn them. Earn them, buddy. But listen, in all seriousness, I love Door Bumper Clear. And uh, Matthew, do you? Do you love door bumper? Clear? I love door bumper clear. Yeah. I mean, t- you know, when you get through TJ's whining, yeah, yeah, all of them. They're all whiners. <laughs> I mean, look, that's what they are. But that's what, he's still mad at me. TJ's mad at you. He's mad at me because they th- uh, there's a Dick Pit, Dick Trickle pit sign here, yeah. and the first picture we took when it was in the studio, his head happened to be in front of the the top word, not the pit word. So he thought it was on purpose that I did it, and he still thinks it's on purpose. So he's. Mad I at thought me. it was on purpose. Hey, I'm not that smart. I don't know. I still think it was on purpose. I would take credit for it. Like, yeah, that would be that'd be a creative way of doing a TJ. Gotta post. be honest. Anyways, door bumper clear. And see, the Dale Jr. downloads on TV. You know what isn't on TV? Door bumper clear. Oh. I don't know if anybody knows Ouch. that. Burn. Uh, Dale Jr. downloads on TV. It's on NBC Sports Network. Although it will be on a different time this week. It is at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Clint Boyer interview. So that was a lot of fun. So anyways, yeah, that's going to be uh, on NBC Sports Network. What else? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Hey, Dale's not here. We could talk about him. You know, on last call, like, did you see what that guy was wearing today? <laughs> you I can't because he wears all the vintage T-shirts. You, you know, like, that's we all, yeah, we can't get him there. What can we get him on? I don't know. I mean, like, we got this opportunity. We can talk about him, and he's not here. I mean, I did, got nothing. I did include the beer thing last week that, you know, I think we'd get along better with a beer. Maybe it's just my way of trying to drink more beer. I got you. Well, I tell you what. I appreciate everybody listening to this. We're not going to talk about the guy uh, <laughs> behind him. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it not on the podcast. Matthew, let's go somewhere and talk about it. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks everybody for listening to this show. Dale Jr. Download. We'll be back next week. I hope you're here. Take care. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.